a listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one car. It is Tuesday. April the 25th, Anzac Day. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And yes, as we record this, uh, the Anzac Day game is underway. We're in the second quarter. Uh, The Bombers are seven points up, but Jamie Elliott is lining up for goal. I'm very surprised, Will, that the show's happening. I thought that podcast Mike would be too nervous to uh, work the panel for us, knowing these beloved Bombers uh, were playing in the second biggest game of the year. I mean, obviously, you know, like his bigger year of football has got to include a bigger Anzac Day. I mean, you think if, if you're talking about a guy who set himself for a bigger year of football, you're looking at the Bombers calendar, you've, you've circled one thing, Anzac Day. You can't have imagined that you would go into this game with such momentum, but you've got to be relishing. You've got to have this day, lest we forget that this is my bigger year of football, said Podcast Mike, in a way that I thought was a little disrespectful. A little insensitive, let's be honest. <laughs> so come on, man. Respect for the diggers. But, um, yeah, it's, it is Anzac Day. It's currently very close to the game. As you said, Jamie Elliott uh, was lining up for a tattoo and uh, missed the goal. So, um, And there is a new guy playing for Collingwood before we get uh, Podcast Mike in to give us his update. I don't know if you've seen this new guy. He comes straight out of some sort of American teen teen movie. Drama, yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? The new boy in town. Yeah, uh, um, not Cheeky Jack. Uh, What would be an American version of Cheeky Jack? It'd be like Sassy Jack. (laughs) Like he really does. (laughs) With the long hair. He looks like in one of those teen movies where they get the actor who is in the regular series to pay their like French cousin or whatever. Yeah. And they just put him in a different wig and they get them in the same actor. That to me is Jack Ginnivan. Has there been a more dramatic transformation? Like, I mean, he's literally left that old character in the past. Yeah, well, he kind of had to, mate. <laughs> I, think, I think it got a little problematic. The uh, Eminem, uh, last year's Eminem becomes this year's uh, lead singer of Placebo. <laughs> or Incubus. No, he's more like the lead singer of Incubus. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure what he got in trouble for wasn't a Placebo. That was the problem. <laughs> So, uh, podcast, Mike. We'll just go, we'll yes. just quickly get you to um, chime in here. So, uh, the, the the bombers are, are six points up. Um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really confident. Uh, this morning, I was in the lift at my apartment building, and one of my neighbours walked in, and she said uh, she's going to be watching the footy lately uh, later. And she said she's a bombers supporter. Oh. I said me too. And I said, you know what? I reckon we got them this weekend. I reckon we got the Collingwood Magpies. And she said, I do too. Sorry. (laughs) Did you literally say, I think we'll beat the Collingwood Magpies? Did you say that? Because I I thought that was me showing my knowledge of footy because Uh, I know all the teams. It feels like you're over-explaining a little. (laughs) I feel like you trying to demonstrate all your knowledge has given you away when you refer to them both as the Collingwood Magpies and also as Tuesday as the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, I I do think we – like currently I've got it on on the TV – it's 35-29, second quarter, four minute, six minutes to go. So I reckon we can hold the lead. One goal in front, 
And by the end of this pod, I reckon we will be three goals in front. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. Like, I mean, what I'm liking, Charlie, is like Charlie's got a bit of dodgy internet today, so might not be seeing what is going on here. But podcast Mike, you know what I do love about his bigger year of football? It's the fact that he tends to rock up in his footy jumper so often. So Podcast Mike <laughs> is in his Essendon footy jumper, which I think is a level of, again, like pronouncing the Collingwood Magpies is not just Collingwood or the Magpies, but as the <laughs> Collingwood Magpies. The fact that Podcast Mike goes to the effort every week to get in his Essendon jumper is, uh, I mean, look, for people, there is you know, video highlights that are occasionally available of this show. If there is one of Podcast Mike in his Essendon jumper you do have to check it out i mean it is funny that neither of us like the closest we've got is maybe like half-heartedly hanging a scarf in the back of our shot but we've never worn like full regalia to a recording of the show that our producer does i mean he looks like a boy who has been given the opportunity to run out with the team on anzac day (laughs) as part of some make a wish (laughs) sort of arrangement is actually what it looks like so uh, podcast Mike has made a prediction, uh, Bombers by three yeah. goals. Are you prepared to make a, a bold prediction for the end of this game, Will? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to call it now, tie. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, tie. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, pies go berserk in the third quarter, win by six goals. That's my big prediction for, for this game. Sorry, Mike. I had to break your heart. I know you, I know you hate the Collingwood. Well, I mean, the good news is, well, no. That's, uh, I mean, it's not really breaking his heart. You're just saying a thing that may or may not happen. The only true people who can break his heart are the Collingwood Magpies and the Essendon <laughs> Bombers. <laughs> now, Will, I mentioned last week, um, uh, Robbo still away from the 360 desk. Yes. And, uh, you know, I hope all is well there. Um, and oh, Dermy. Okay. Robbo in peace. Yeah, Dermy has stepped into the fray, and and uh, we played a clip last week where he absolutely bamboozled rising star nominee Mitch Owens with a question that seemed to have no actual question attached to it. He's taken it to another level. Uh, on Thursday night, three sixty plus uh, with Kath Laughlin, he was the he was the uh, other panelist, and they had Tom Stewart on. And the interview had obviously clearly been running long, and you could see Kath very professionally trying to bring it to a close. And just before they get to the end of the interview, this happens. Tom, thanks for your time tonight. Enjoy watching back the unfurling of the flag whenever you get the chance to do so. And good luck uh, with the game on Saturday night. No worries, guys. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy, oh. before you go, I noticed you before you were looking <laughs> off screen. Oh. Have you got somebody there? Oh, no, nah, it's just trying my dog to get them. Your dog? What's nah. your dog's name? Oh, the dog's name's Peggy. Yeah, so no, no kids yet. Grab Peggy because Robbo's not with us. He's at home. And he's got a couple of dogs, Elvis and Knackers, I think, or something like that. (laughs) Can your dog send a cheerio to Robbo's dog down the line? What are you doing? There she is. Here we go. Peggy's cute. Peggy's beautiful. Listen to the way the cat wraps it up. I'll let you go now, Tom. Derm, we'll let him go now. All right. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Derm, let him go. Derm, back away from the dog. Derm. It's, oh, am- it's, it's amazing. Like, obviously, like, you know, the guys at Fox Footy said, hey, look, uh, Robbo's out of action for a bit, Dern. Uh, would you mind filling in? I think he took the instruction literally, which is like, oh, you want me to be Robbo? I can do that. Let me just ramble for five minutes and get, the, get a guest to drag a dog onto his lap. I mean, it is like they've given him a checklist of things that Robbo normally brings to the show and he's trying to get through as many each episode as he possibly can. I think they're probably also letting him a drink from Robbo's Jesus Juice. 
that he has under the desk and just have a couple of swigs of that dermy and see what happens. Well, it doesn't stop there. So then uh, later on in the week after the Saints Blues game, he was part of the, uh, he was on the desk analysing uh, the game. And afterwards he was talking about Ross Lyon and he goes into a Ross Lyon impersonation, which uh, as someone who feels like he's got a pretty good Ross Lyon up his sleeve, just well, tell me what you think of this, Will. But, but you know how Ross would do it because we've all worked with Ross. Ross would be going, well, we're minus 25 for contested possession. We're only four points behind. Any of you bugs injured? Any of you going deep enough to get injured, did you? Any of you got a blood nose, have you? Oh no, and we're minus 25, and we're still this close. Imagine what we'll do if we actually win contested footy. I mean, if if Ross Lyon sounds like Dermy with a slightly higher voice, then he's nailed it. I mean, maybe at the start, but he gave up on it pretty quick. Like, it was pretty much 75% Dermy is what I would say about that Ross Lyon. And Ross Lyon is the easiest coach to imitate that there is in the league. If you can't, like, that's like somebody saying, I'm, I'm an impressionist and they can't do a Christopher Walken or an Arnie. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, these are, these are yeah, like your one Standards. words. Like, you've, you've got to get these ones right. Like, you know, it's like saying, yeah, I do impressions, but I can't do a Yoda. Like, Ross Lyon is the most impersonated coach in the game. I mean, I think also, too, like, what he was getting at was like, mm. oh, Ross demands, like, his players be tough. But, but we couldn't, we couldn't tell. concentrate on that because we were concentrating on how bad his Ross Lyon impression was. Uh, now, uh, Will, the week kicked off uh, with the doggies doing what they had to do against Frio. Um, you must have 90 points. Oh, that first quarter. <laughs> I was almost going to text you, except I know how annoying it is to get a text during a game. But it's like, geez, the dogs still don't know how to kick. I mean, it did look like that, didn't it? That you were maybe going to squander all this ascendancy. So luckily I had a show um, on Friday night at the Comedy Festival and so by the time that I got home to be able to watch the game, it was the third quarter and, you know, I was able to see that in the third quarter I think we had like a 20 or 30 point lead. So I actually sat down and watched – that first quarter would have – I might not have watched the rest of the game if I – like, you know, because I would have – we're going to blow this. Like, we're back, but we're squandering every opportunity. Like, we should be 30, 40 points in front. Like, we should be doing to Fremantle what, like, we'll get to, I know we'll get to the Geelong and Sydney game. But it felt like we had that sort of momentum, that we should mm. just be absolutely smashing them. And I was like, are we going to be able to sustain this for the rest of the game? But we actually, I mean, I think Frio are terrible. Like, terrible. I, don't think they're, I don't think they're very good. But it was nice to, for the Bulldogs to play well. And Bont had an unbelievable game. Like he's just so un- good. Unbelievable He's so game. good. I mean, this is how quick we are to forget things in the AFL. I mean, we've talked about it with Carlton and Cripps, right? Like that he had one bad season and Carlton supporters wanted to bury him in the middle of the <laughs> desert and like do a, like a, some sort of ceremony to like cleanse him from their system. And like Bont was injured all last season off, off the previous season where he was the best or second best player in the game. And, and we're kind of surprised that he's – but he's just come back and he's – a monster like even his physical transformation like his haircut his look like he's back in the middle like it, it, for me I love the fact that this is the upside of Dunkley going is that Bont's gone like spending a lot more time in the middle now and it's awesome because that's where he should be because he's so good at playing football <laughs> you love the Bont but there's one guy who loves him more than you and I've picked up on this the last couple of years and that's Damien Barrett like Damien Barrett is the biggest 
Bont's stand. And so Bont's coming up to his 200th game this weekend and they're doing a big feature on him on AFL.com. But just listen to this little video that Damo made about his favourite player, the Bont. This player is a modern day great. He's about to hit game number 200. He's one of best and fairest in a premiership year as a 20 year old. He's a long term skipper. And I would argue he has long established himself as his club's best ever. And this season, now that he is again fully fit and not courageously having to toil through illness and injury problems of last year, Marcus Bontempelli is again on track to have a crack at a brown line. Why is the theme song from Law and Order playing in the background? <laughs> no idea. I thought you were the perfect person to talk to about this because I know that you love the Bulldogs, you love Marcus Bontempelli, and, and, and you also love this, an Law and Order. So what is, is the connection? This is content that feels specifically made for me. It's sad that I didn't see it. I don't understand what the law and order theme is playing in the background. <laughs> so what is the bit, so the structure of a law and order episode is like sort of crime happens and you go through the procedural nature of the investigation and then the trial, right? That's generally how it goes on. Well, I think you're fine, Charlie, in the criminal justice system. <laughs> there are two separate yet yeah, equally important. Uh, yeah, so I guess, like, is he talking about, is that what he's doing? It's a bit of separation because of famously Purple and Bevo do not get along. The only AFL coach that he does not talk to. So is this a bit of a demarcation between sort of, you know, like in a Law and Order, an order episode, you got the, you know, the hardworking detectives on the street doing all the hard work and then you've got the big wigs at City Hall who are messing it up. Is that what is that what he's going for? I don't know. It was baffling. Like of all the music choices, which you can get license-free with social media these days, someone at the AFL marketing team said Law and Order. I mean, you know, you know, you know what Marcus Bontempelli is treating oppositions like? A sex crime. I think we should have this in the background. By the way, can I just – sorry, can I just quickly say this? I think Damien Barrett is right, though. I think Marcus Montempelli is already the best ever Bulldogs player. And the fact that he's about to play his 200th game at the age he is, like, I mean, he could play – I mean, you, you hate to say things like this, but he could play 350 games like Scott Pendlebury saw for the Bulldogs. He is – it's just been – so nice because like when he started it is rare when you just go he started and he was just great and you were like i reckon this guy's gonna save our club and he just did <laughs> yeah you got to go back and watch the entire clip because like i mean there was a moment in, a, in the clip i just played where he talks about how he courageously battled illness and injury and it's like mate every fucking player dunk, battles dunk. injury wait till the little flute comes out <laughs> i like that little bit but then he goes on to talk about, like, you know, his precision handballs, his sublime kicks. It's like, Damo, just ask him out. I think the song they should have playing is You Give Me Fever. Like, he's getting, his, the Bond is getting Damo so hot under the collar. Uh, but what I was going to say is the other, the other notable thing to come out of the game was the uh, targeting of Rory Lobb. Mm-hmm. And, like, at, at the start of the first quarter, you thought, okay, fair enough. You know, like, it's just the Freo players letting an ex-player know that he's not welcome here anymore. But then the longer the game went on, the more obsessed the Freo players became with Rory Lobb. And it just begged the question, like, I could understand if Matthew Pavlich left the Dockers, mm. but Rory Lobb? Like, who's getting that upset about Rory Lobb? I mean, Bulldogs fans? I think predominantly <laughs> Bulldogs fans are getting upset about Rory Lobb. Like, I don't know what Frio are worried about. They don't have to deal with him anymore. Like, it is ridiculous. It's like you're giving somebody else herpes and then you're mad at them. Like, 
the, like Rory Lobb is, I mean, I, I look, I thought he played okay, like, you know, on the night. Like, I mean, he was patchy, but he played okay. Um, but he's not a champion player. He's not the sort of, like, I mean, they made a beer about, like, know. you know, there was a beer, like about Rory Lobb leaving. Like, that feels like, I feel like that's the problem. Like, the problem with Frio is they're that upset about Rory Lobb leaving. That is not – if Rory <laughs> Lobb leaving is your problem, then you're in you're in worse shape than you thought you were. It makes me think, like, in uh, that – there's that play in Man for All Seasons about, like, Thomas Moore put on trial because he went up against, like, I think, you know, a king who wanted to divorce so he could marry his wife – and he gets betrayed by a friend and, and his friend gets given whales as, as compensation by the king. And Thomas More says to him, Richard, it profits the man nothing to sell his soul and gain the world, but you did it for whales? <laughs> and you could just swap out Rory Lobb for whales. You did it for this, Rory Lobb? You did it Rory for Rory Lobb? I mean, you, were, you all focused your entire backline on like roughing up Rory Lobb so like Adam Trelaw could come in and kick the easiest of goals. What are you, what are you doing, Frio? I mean, it was... It was probably his most valuable contribution to the game. Yeah. Was the just it was the distraction factor. If only other clubs will start targeting Rory Love in the same way. There was another bit of commentary during that game from Gary Lyon that sometimes you just sort of hear something, especially if you're only half listening. It just takes you off guard. Have a listen to this. These two blokes are the ones are going to be able to start taking them, taking the risks that they did and, and pull them off as they did earlier in their uh, in their careers. Mm. Who's getting they, pulled off? <laughs> they pulled them off early in their careers. Well, yeah. I guess that is a way to distract your opponent. Yeah. I, I, so who's getting pulled off where? I think what he was talking about is they've got to take riskier kicks. They need to be able to pull okay. them off. But okay. <laughs> didn't, I didn't marry up the visuals with the audio straight away. It took me a couple of listens to get that right. Uh, Will, you mentioned the cats and the swans uh, just before. And look, uh, I'm not going to say... <laughs> but that I mean, you that loved I'm... every minute of it. That you sat down with a big bowl of popcorn and said, "Yummy, yummy, come to mummy." Look, I honestly think this is good for Swans fans. Like they've had it too good for too long, and I think this is sort of giving them a bit of humility. It's good for Swans fans, but it's fun for me. Like it's really a lot of fun, and I understand that the Swans will probably. I say this with the confidence that the Swans will probably finish top four and they're going to be a good team forever and Mate, blah, the, blah, blah, the blah. The Swans blah. are good. They're just not good against Geelong. And they had no back line. They had Callum yeah. Mills playing full back on Tom Hawkins. Nuts. They're massively injured. They're missing a lot of key players and they are terrible against Geelong. And they got Geelong in Geelong for the first time, unfurling the fl- – like, I mean, yeah, just a suck. recipe for disaster for, for, you know. And it was that night where, like – you know, Tom Hawkins is suddenly kicking five goals again and Dangerfield's like, you know, getting 30 touches again and Jeremy Cameron continues to just be Jeremy Cameron and is on his merry old way to kick 100, 100 goals, goals, which like is one of those things that we just thought was never going to happen again in the rest of the game. And he looks like he might do it by round 18. To the point that Damien Barrett has created an entire podcast series called Where he's interviewing all these like century goal kickers under the assumption that it will never happen again, but he might have to add like a 19th member to that group by the end of the year. Uh, Yeah, it was, um, I feel like every team gets a mulligan each year. Like you just get a a game where you just didn't turn up. I reckon the Swans can put that down to the mulligan. But it also reiterates that home ground advantage that Geelong have. 
amongst all Victorian teams. Like, it's so strong. Like, no wonder that they've been as good as they have been for however long. Like, that, it, it's just it, it's, it's an advantage that no other Victorian team has. And it has to be not just the factor of the crowd. There has to be something about the actual size of the ground itself, right? Or the shape or the dimensions or knowing how to play it. Because at the moment, a third of the ground doesn't have people in it. It's like they're so doing weird. renovations. <laughs> it's like, are we playing on, hang on, what's going on down that end? So it's not like it's that noise of affirmation or the fact that they are being carried on the shoulders of their fans. It, it, like, it's got to be more than that. I have the question, right? So, yeah, look, that stadium is always under construction. And there's <laughs> always a moment. It's always, <laughs> under, always construction. under construction. Constantly being rebuilt. And like, the, the, it's the, like they every year they're like, yeah, we want to add two two thousand extra suits. Yeah. <laughs> then like two years later, we'll do another two thousand. But there's always a moment during the game where you see some dude in a high vis vest and a hard hat running off to collect the ball and bring it back. Surely by now they should be employing someone like a ball boy or a ball girl to professionally retrieve the balls and not leave it up to some dude who's out there surveying like a building works. Oh, two words: Joel Selwood. Yes. Bring him back for home games. Yeah. In his in his jumper. So like the <laughs> in full kit. Doesn't have to wear stops. He can wear runners, but in full kit. Joel and what's his uh, mate who's the water boy? Sammy, is it Sammy? Is that what his name was? The guy who he the uh, he's in the Patrick Dangerfield ad as well. He right. was the water boy at Geelong and he like on grand final day last year he got him over the fence with him. Yeah. So right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the two of them. I reckon the two of them just having fun yeah. down there on the construction site by themselves, <laughs> being, being the, like the 24th and 25th man at Geelong. Speaking of, um, you know, uh, Joel Selwood, like we've discussed uh, potentially doing like an acting uh, awards uh, ceremony at the end of the year for all the actors who appear in ads. I don't know where you would class the Joel Selwood mosh ads where he's playing himself because there is a level of vulnerability and sensitivity <laughs> Those performances that I find quite touching. And also makes me question. It is more sensitive than you imagine, isn't it? You're like, how did they get the. Because also, those ads don't normally get the tone right so well. (laughs) It's like, it's like. You don't expect it of him and you don't expect it of that style of advertising. And yet somehow they've made something that every time I see it, I'm like, this is quite beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But he also talks about like, you know, he would avoid being yeah. photographed from above. From behind. And that, and, but, yeah. but wasn't there, I think there's some reference to his wife, like hiding photos or something around the yeah. house. And I'm like, hang on, how's the marriage going? <laughs> like, is, 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 is Have there you been guilted that- into this? Is there a chance that the reason that he would bash himself in the head every week was so he could get taped up and people couldn't see his bald spot? Possibility. Or maybe someone (laughs) told him that you just got to knock the hair out of your scalp, out of your head. So if you hit the head hard enough, it just pops out the other end. I mean, it would have been very brave if he said, I'm Joel Selwood and during my football career, I ducked a lot and got a lot of my hair ripped out by opponents. (laughs) Now, as a round, it felt like, it was a pretty boring round because there was no real big upsets. Like all the, mm. I, you know, maybe the Blues were favourites to beat the Saints, but it was probably 50-50. And yeah. all the teams that were expected to win won. Now, going into the Blues and Saints game, I was like, oh, you know, maybe more, even more than Collingwood, this is the game I really want to win. You know, I've talked about that WhatsApp that I'm in with all those Carlton supporters. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, like 
there was complete radio silence during the week. And mm -hmm. um, Bernie, one of our other mates who's a, a Richmond supporter, sort of piped up. He's like, it's very quiet on the chat. Are you all scared of like, you know, jinxing it? And like, yes, Bernie, of course, shut up. Like, we don't <laughs> want to talk about the game before it happens. So I was obviously thrilled uh, with the result. But also, isn't that just the perfect um, extrapolation of what it means to be a Richmond fan? Because Richmond fans, like, they came back so hard with such confidence that the idea of having a quiet week on the group chat in the lead-up to a game is such a foreign idea to them. But, of course, <laughs> yeah. your St Kilda and Carlton fans feel so jinxed feel by the shame. entire thing that you're just, like, silence. And the Richmond guy's like, what's going on, guys? Let's have some banter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I felt like, I mean, during the game, it was, it was interesting because I don't know how, like, Jem understand. Well, now this is like a, a job, right? So I am professionally obligated to watch games and, and, you know, grab clips and all that kind of stuff. So that gives me an excuse to watch a bit of footy over the weekend. But that aside, Jem understands that I love the Saints. And so I've got that little, those few hours set aside every weekend where I can and watch, my, watch my team. So... The arrangement was, well, I'll take Iona out for the afternoon and you can watch the Saints. It was a 320 game. Somehow that arrangement changed to, oh, actually, me and my friend Sarah are going out for a drink and I'm dropping Sarah's girls over and they're going to look after Iona because, you know, the eldest one's like 10. And I'm like, wait a minute, but now I've got three kids to look after mm -hmm. instead yeah, of one. That's, that's actually... What that, that is what that sounds like to me yeah. as well. Like <laughs> that didn't feel like, I'm going to drop over more children to look after these children. No, thank you. And so she was like, no, 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 no. She's like, you know, the eldest yeah. kid, she's 10 and she wants to get Ten. into babysitting. In so the old days, she could work in a coal mine. I don't that's know what right. you're talking about. <laughs> so this is a good chance for her to kind of like, you know, yeah. try babysitting. So right. Experiment. But That's of course, uh, you know, so, and it was going okay. Like the kids are upstairs. Yeah. I could hear them playing. They're out in the backyard on the tramp, all that kind of stuff. I was sort of keeping half an eye on them at quarter time breaks. I'd sort of go out and, you know, cut up some food and put some chips out and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then it got to a point where like, and it's mainly Iona, my Iona's idea. She wanted to come play in the room that the footy was on. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but daddy's going to, Daddy's going to watch the football. And it was sort of around the third quarter when scores were quite tight and we we're going kind of goal for goal. And so the three girls are playing in the corner building blocks or something. And there was a moment in which Jack Silvani milks, a, uh, he takes a mark and then milks a, a 50 by pretending that Cam Wilkie knocked the ball out of his hand. So he gets led right up to goal and he misses from about 15 metres out directly in front. And involuntarily I yelled out, sucked in, fuckhead. Yep. No, well, fair enough. And these three kids turn and look at me and I'm like, uh, daddy words. <laughs> that's just daddy words. We don't, we, don't, we don't use that. We don't use that around other people. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> also just the idea of an authority figure yelling sucked in fucking at the television is what a great role model for these three young women. But also I understand what you're saying. Like, I, Gemma's got a Gemma like to use the football analogy here. Gemma is the board. Mm -hmm. She's she's made she, what she's done. Like li they're doing a literal rebuild in the corner of your living room with yeah. building blocks, and she's employed a first-time coach. Like mm. you know, th this is not the time for a first-time coach. Yeah, like, you can't be blamed for what came out of your mouth. That was always going to come out of your mouth on this day. This was always going to be the conditions that they face. The idea that you're leaving a 10-year-old in charge of this rebuild, I just that's the problem. Yeah. I blame so the like, board. Sack the board. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but all, so look, we got away with a win and thank God we did yeah. because 
part of me was is also incredibly superstitious and the football season started while Gemma was overseas. Gemma was away for almost like five, five, six weeks. And in that time that she was gone, the Saints were on an incredible roll. That's true. She arrived back last weekend mm-hmm. and we dropped our first game for the season. And there was part of me that was thinking, fuck, if we lose to Carlton, do I have to divorce? <laughs> like, I mean, is, that, is that what has to happen? What if you had to choose? Like, what if the footy gods came to you, appeared to you one day in the form of uh, Daryl Baldock? Daryl Baldock appears to you in a vision. Tony says, Lockett. You're not even Tony dead. Lockett. Oh, no, but I look at the old Tony Lockett. He's like the, the plain white Tony Lockett appears yeah, in a vision. With a bag of jam donuts in one hand and a cigarette next, in the other. Next to Trevor Barker and Daryl Baldock. And they say, we are the ghosts of St. Kilda Pass. And, and we've discovered that they can't play. what Like, I mean, you don't have to divorce. Gemma just has to be out of the country. Right. For me, for like for an entire football season. Yeah, because it wasn't like you split up during that time. You were just apart from each other. She was out of the country. So I think before you leap to the divorce courts, you've got to explore the idea of her just being offshore while the Saints are playing important games. Am I guaranteed a flag at the end of this? Yeah, but she has to be offshore enough. So you have to get a. So how many games have the Saints won at this stage? Well, at least make it make it a difficult choice for me, Will, at least. Come on. So, so, no. So she has to be offshore. So the Saints have what, won five already, right? Five? Yeah, uh, yeah. Five out of six, yeah, yeah. Okay. So say they have to win 15 to finish top four or 16. So she has to be out of the country another 11 games during the season, unless you're willing to take the risk that, like, say, you're playing Gold Coast or Hawthorne and you think – like, you know, we can roll the dice. Gemma can be around. I think the Saints can get it done without this. But but each time that happens, they lose one unexpectedly. So, like, basically the thing is that you can't you can't do that. You have to – and then so she has to be away for 11 more games and then, what, five finals or whatever, four or five yeah. finals. Yeah, so what's that, like, close to four months? Four months yeah. away. And oh, is, I, yeah. is Iona with me? Am I, like, a solo dad? You can get that 10-year-old to help if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> She walks in the first thing and she said, sucked in, fuck it. <laughs> no, I told you, that's a daddy word. I'm the daddy now. <laughs> Gemma told me. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, it's got to the point where I feel like I, you know, it, I would do anything to see a flag. And I, Can like I ask that, you this question? Can I ask you this question? Yeah. Like a, an actual serious question. Yeah. Are you, like, for the first few rounds, I was looking at the Saints and I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is... Yeah, it's great to have Ross back. Like, they're so much more competitive. They're doing great against the odds. You know, they're missing so many players and all these sort of things. But false false economy. Like, at some stage, it's going to settle back in. Look, maybe they'll challenge for the finals. But, like, you know, my kind of thought was they'll probably end up, like, you know, somewhere between sort of, like, 8th and 10th and, you know, like, around around that sort of mark. They're, they're better than that, I reckon. I reckon the Saints are good. Do you think the Saints are good? Like, because, I mean, obviously it's yeah. harder for you to, like, get on board. But they, I think they look good. I think they're a good team. It feels different. Like, we were at 5-1 we last year too. But the game plan's different. The attitude's different. The buy-in seems to be different. I think, I think we are good. I mean, finals are a different story. And there is that question around, well, like, yeah, defence kind of gets you to finals, but then you need goals to win big games but we'll see because you know we have a we have a gun tall forward you know waiting to come back from injury you know and even Caminiti who's only like 19 years old is showing enough that he could be a foil and Membry in his first game back was really good so yeah I don't know I mean let's just say I wouldn't be surprised like I think that 
if we can maintain this. The game plan is sound. Like you, you noticed how stark the difference was when you saw how Carlton moved the ball and how St Kilda moved the ball. It was all about structure. Like Carlton, who have two common medalists in their forward line, they collect the ball in the centre or at half forward and they don't just immediately try and move it as quickly as they can. They stop, they prop, they allow the Saints to get numbers back. I think what it is, and this is not just me, this has sort of been confirmed by you know journalists and stuff, that over the summer they just flogged them on the track. Like apparently that was the, that was the main focus is like you've got all these endurance athletes Let's just don't worry about kicking balls or anything like that. Let's just just train the 3K time trial and just get them super fit. So leading into round one, when we had all those injuries, I remember that press conference that Ross Lyon did, and they were, and that was said, the question. I don't know, mu- I don't know much about them, but I know they can run. Yeah, which in retrospect is one of those like great lines. Like you know, it's like it's like if you're watching some historical recrea- recreation of like Farlap, the story of Farlap or something, and there's like a trainer in the paddock just going, "I don't know much about him, but I know they can run." Yeah, it does. It has that, but I think it's also that idea that, um, you know, whoever was selected for that round one team, like they are all going to be. They're all going to f- fulfill expectations, which is that you just have to be able to cover ground because that's how they play. Is they just flood back, they flood forward, they flood back. Will, you're not the only one who's uh, taking notice of the Saints. Like, there's a lot of media commentators. Uh, one media commentator in particular, I think, has been taking note of not just the Saints, but also a little podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. Listen to this clip from David King and see if you recognise the tagline he uses. They know how St Kilda are going to play, OK? So these are the six seconds that St Kilda, to play on words. Uh-huh. St Kilda? He's flipped it though. He's taken yeah. it to the next. You're, you, it was St. Killing Me. You're St. Killing Me. And, and he's he's, made it, and it's now, like he subverted it. Exactly. He's embraced it, flipped it, made it a new thing. You're St. Killing Me. Oh, that's good though. If we're getting our words in Kingy's mouth, I feel like this is a real step up for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I listened to him and Kane Corns have an argument like, oh, on that their wasn't podcast. That for, brilliant. And, Two people who just will never admit that they're wrong, who will just use the pettiest, like worst ways to argue with each other to try to win an argument. It was 25 minutes of each of both of them imploring the other one to let them finish. Can I speak? Can I finish? Can I speak? Can I finish? Can I speak? Can I speak? Can I speak? That's what you did. Can I speak? But that's what you did. But I'm just doing what you did. It was amazing. And they clearly weren't in the same studio either. Like I think, and because I watched the YouTube, because I listened to it, and I'm like, I've got to see this, like, because I want to see the conflict. And then I'm like, it's even funnier that you've got them yelling <laughs> at laptops, <laughs> kind of like how we do this show, really. Um, is there anyone who turns faster on their team than Carlton fans? What's the WhatsApp been like? Oh since? yeah, mate, they were. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Is I went from like enjoying the victory to feeling. Really, like I don't know if my compassion is my weakness because I know if Carlton had won and the Saints fans were gnashing their teeth, I don't think any of those Carlton fans would be like, oh, man, it's okay. But I felt compelled to be like, you know what? I don't think this is a disaster. You guys can turn it around. It's just a game plan thing. You've still got great players. Like I was making them feel better. But, yeah, no, they were just like, it's fucked. We haven't improved in a year. This rebuild's been for nothing. Voss can't coach. And it's like, oh, man, they really are the new sad sacks of the AFL. They turn on their team so quickly. I so mean, quick. They did it with Crips. They're doing it with Voss now. It's all about we wanted uh, Ross the boss, not Voss the boss. <laughs> like, oh, fuck if, off. If you didn't want him, you wouldn't even interview him. 
I mean, it's funny too, isn't it? Like that there is that, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't, I can't make a call on Michael Voss. I haven't watched enough Carlton games, but his press conference, he came out and said, oh no, like our system was sound. And I'm like, mate, <laughs> like, I haven't watched a lot of Carlton games, but if that is your system that I saw today, it's not sound. Like you guys, they played like Frio. They just tried mm. to move it slowly. They tried the possession game. They had something like like a, a 20 or 30 more uncontested marks than St Kilda, which suggests that they were going backwards and trying to work around the zone. But it's like... How much of that is Carlton and how much of that is that that's how St Kilda wants you to play, though? Um... Yeah, I guess that is a bit of the that's probably a bit of both. Like Ross Lyon definitely he he allows you to kick the ball certain places. He can't, what he wants you to do, he, he wants you to try and pull off an impossible kick and then they'll just swarm swarm forward and, and score. But I also think that in that first half, they should have been five goals up. They had multiple opportunities when they moved the ball quickly. And they they have a huge forward line. But Harry Mackay, like I mentioned it last week, he's sort of becoming my new Joe Danaher. He's just He's just so interesting. Like, what's going on? Yeah, you can't take what's, your eyes off him. You He's really compelling. Were, it's compelling. <laughs> he plays football like a baby giraffe learning to run. Like, yeah. Sometimes he's the most elegant, graceful, like champion footballer you've ever seen. And then just occasionally something happens. Well, it's like on our other podcast, we talked about quantum leap and the idea that you just get implanted in a situation and could you adapt instantaneously. Sometimes I feel like someone has just been quantum leaped into Harry McKay's body and yeah. it's certainly not an <laughs> AFL footballer. <laughs> he looks so overwhelmed, like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. And then, and, but then sometimes you're like, this, he's the, he looks like Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and that, I guess that's why he's the Joe Danaher, you know, uh, like, because he can do both. I mean, Joe seems to have ironed out. If there's two sides to Joe Danaher's game, he seems to have ironed out the more unpredictable side. But watching that game against the Giants, like Charlie Cameron, I know there's been a lot of talk about Tom Papley, but I think it's, I mean, you know how I feel about, you know, MJF, Tom Papley. (laughs) But I love Charlie Cameron, like seven goals. Like he has to be the best small forward in the game, doesn't he? I mean, what a time for small forwards. There are so many good ones playing the game at the moment that you could – every week it does feel like – but he's – I mean, yes. Like, I mean, That I, goal I, he kicked where he just hit it with the underside of his foot while jumping in the air. Did you see that? It was – well, it was one of those things that if it was any other player, you'd be like, that was just a fluke. A fluke, yeah. And with him, it might have been a fluke, but you can't tell. Like, yeah. that's, that's how good he is. That like some days he just jumps in the air and the ball hits his foot and it's a goal. Like it's, he's one of those players. I mean, he is a man who lets the football do the talking. <laughs> we are two guys, one car. Now, there's been a few incidents this round, including in the Brisbane Giants game, um, now that there is such a focus on dangerous tackles, where it seems like some players are trying to trick the umpires and, and, and fool them into thinking there's a dangerous tackle happening. Lockie Neal uh, uh, did this thing where he was being tackled and he basically just put his legs together so he had no balance. And then, like, if you had to pantomime, like, a tree being chopped in the woods, like, he sort of just <laughs> put his legs together and just allowed the player to take him and made no attempt to put his hands up to protect his head or whatever. And so... All right, clearly stupid tactic, uh, dangerous. Yeah. You may injure yourself. But also, part of me is like, 
if we bring in some more of this WWE style yeah. content where you can let you know in the WWE, like the ref gets distracted by your valet and then you can knock out your opponent with brass knuckles and then the ref turns around again. Like if we could bring that component in where you get a teammate to distract the ref and then like Locking Neal throws himself on the ground holding his head and then the umpire turns around and Locking is like, oh no, like he dangerous tackled me. And you can fool the umpire, free kick. I reckon that should be in the rules. If you can I- trick an umpire into playing a free kick. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. We, I think that when you take something away, you've got to give people something in return. And so I think that this is a negotiation. We say yes because there's people out there who are like, oh, you know, this is going to be the end of the bump. This is the end of the like sling tackle. Like we're losing it from the game. So I think you're right. We in return give them some pantomime violence. Yeah. So if what you go for to the football for is the idea of like seeing a player smashed into the ground or like, you know, that sort of stuff, bleeding from the face, all that, we, we provide that. But we're doing it panto style from yeah. now on. Like <laughs> WWE style. style. Yeah, exactly. Like instead of holding up a bowl of noodles on the yeah. side, you see someone hold up like a steel chair. <laughs> like a player yeah. come off and grab the steel chair. You know chair. what it is? Because obviously we've got the fourth umpire now. The fourth yeah. umpire should be a WWE style umpire. Like yeah. so they're in a Misses different everything. uniform. And if, yeah, exactly. If you've got them at the pack, if they're the one in control of the moment, then suddenly you can do there's a whole bunch of other things that you can try to do. Uh, the Tigers uh, went down to the Demons. Um, clearly, their season is is on life support. I was. Uh, can I just say this though about the Tigers? That, like, firstly, what a, an amazing crowd! I made the mistake yesterday of uh, it was my final day in Melbourne, and uh, my friend Gatesy, who of course your friend Gatesy as well, and I were going to catch up and have some dinner in Richmond, where he has been living, and we thought, you know what, we'll. 5.30 in the afternoon, that'll be a good time to go to. Turns out 5.30 <laughs> in the afternoon in Richmond before a game at the MCG, not the best time to try to get a table in a restaurant. But it was hilarious because we then went back to that same restaurant at 7, completely empty because everybody was at the game. Like that, it wow. was amazing to see. It was so many people like just like, I guess Melbourne, Richmond, like you know, in the inner city, just fucking magnificent. Well, we just, we said last week that was probably like 70% Richmond and 30% Melbourne. But yeah, the atmosphere was amazing. But there was a moment during the game uh, where Jacob Van Royen, uh, who Melbourne fans are, are drooling over, this young yeah, key forward prospect, uh, took a big grab. And uh, Hamish McLaughlin had this to say. Ames fires goals. They're not booze. They're roofs. Now, first of all, public service announcement. In the era mm-hmm. of uh, Jason Horn Francis, I think it's good to point out that, that this guy is not getting booed. They're ruse. But it did raise a question that's always been on my mind, which is how is a player given the nickname Rue? Now, we know that it was Nick Revolt was a Rue, Mark Rusciuto is a Rue, and Van, Jacob Van Royen is a Rue. But why isn't like Josh Rochelle a Rue? Why isn't Connor Rosie a Rue? Rioli a Rue? Gary Rowan a Rue? Or most of all, why was Paul Ruse never a Rue? <laughs> like, how does I mean, it work? I think that he was a Ruse, though. Like, you know, or you would Ruzi. have that. Yeah, but you get Ruse. It's funny, isn't it? That because who are the. So, Rushuto. Rushuto? Rushuto. So, Rushuto. It doesn't maybe. really have the alliteration of Ru. Rushuto. Okay. Rushuto. But Rushuto is like t- tough for, you know, your old school footballer, right? Like Rushuto. Yeah. A bit too fancy. So, Rui. 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 That makes sense yeah. to me. Revolt. Rewalt. How does Rewalt become. Yeah. How does Revolt become Ru? Uh, just because it begins with an R? 
<laughs> now, I mean, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, how come it's attributed to these specific players? And Van Royen has the most claim to being a Roo because it's spelt... Yeah, but, but it's but Roy. it's spelled, but it's also spelled Roo. Uh, yeah, but it's not pronounced Roo. It's Roy. Doesn't doesn't matter. It's the most claim. But Should I just they don't be calling understand. him Logan or Kendall, like getting the succession <laughs> references in. You're right. Where's the six degrees? <laughs> I just have always wondered that, like, because it's a common nickname amongst footballers. Like, it seems to bubble up every ten years or so. But what is the rules around? Like, can Josh Rochelle claim to be a Roo? Rush, Rushelli. Rush, yeah, I mean, kind of rosy, rosy, rosy. I mean, that's confusing. He could be okay. a row. He can't be a Roo. Rosie can't be a Roo, I don't think. What about one of the Riolis? Junior Rioli. Call me, Rioli. Call me Junior Ruoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. You've already changed your name once. I'm fine with you changing it again. Junior Ruoli. <laughs> All right, well, it's time for our weekly segment, Mic Check. One, two, one, two. It's time Mike, check, Mike, check, Mike, check. Mike uh, welcome back to the show. Um, should we Thank check you. in on the score? Uh, four points in front, the Bombers are. Your prediction of a three-goal win is uh, not looking too bad. I was, what was I saying six-goal win to the Pines. I don't know, don't know if that's going to happen. So I've actually brought something to the show today because obviously for my bigger year of footy, I, um, I'm trying to embrace all aspects of footy, not just the game, but obviously we looked at mascots. We've looked at some of the AFL video games. One thing I missed out on as a kid that I'm trying to relive today, mm-hmm. I went down to Kmart this morning and mm. I picked up a pack of footy cards. Oh, footy oh, cards. Right. Awesome. Any any millennial fad like Pokemon cards, all of that, I've been through, but I missed footy cards. Thought I'd do a live opening. Oh, oh, this yeah, is let's a, do it. Unboxing. An unboxing. unboxing. This is great modern content for our podcast. I'm enjoying yeah. this. And it's got a and, bit of an ASMR feel as well. Get closer to your mic <laughs> when we open them. So I'm going to ask Mike. Is there gum in footy cards these days, or is that an old? Is that a really old no, thing? No, just gum? Uh, just cards, no gum, as far as I can tell. So how many the, how, how many cards in the packet, Mike? Looks how many like footy about cards? About ten, I would okay. say, just by looking. So what I thought I'd do, I'll read out the players I've got, and you tell me what, like, if these are good players yeah, or good, bad players. Great. So first card here, and I've heard this name a lot, Jack Silvani. Mm-hmm. So that that'd be a good get, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, I mean, it'd be Carl, better. Talk, talk be to Carlton fans. It'd be better if it was Stephen Silvani. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. I think Carlton fans would be willing to swap or trade that one. I mean, um, you'd certainly that, be able to trade that one to a teenage girl to put on a wall of her bedroom. Okay. Yeah. Um, from the AFLW, Alicia Alicia Eva, mm. who plays for GWS. Not sure. So, Can't okay. tell you. Also from the AFLW, Bella Lewis. Looks like mm-hmm. she's from West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah. Yep. And then Jake Lloyd could be related. <laughs> oh, no. Right, probably a, the worst ca- The worst of all the cards are going to pull. We've been doing the show for seven years and we still don't know who Jake Lloyd is. I mean, no. maybe the footy card can definitively tell us who Jake Lloyd is. I think Jake Lloyd as a like a, a footy card is like, you know, like sometimes when you're playing a game and there's a card that can be used and it has the value of any other card. Like it's an easy, <laughs> like, I think that's the Jake Lloyd card. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brianna Davey, oh, yeah. uh, Good. Uh, yeah. AFLW Strong. Collingwood. That's yep. a great card there. Uh, just four more. So we have 
Uh, Brandon Ellis from mm-hmm. Gold Coast. From Gold yeah, Coast, not, former not triple, sure triple, triple, triple premiership player, Brandon Ellis. Yep. Uh, Cameron Zerha. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kangaroos. Yep. Good player. Uh, gun. Bradley gun? Hill from St. Kilda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. They're all good cards. Mm. It looks like you get one sort of holographic card with oh. each pack, which is also how it used to work with Pokemon cards. Okay. Uh, Jake Lever from Melbourne is my, <laughs> yeah. my holographic. I mean, they're all, like, I would say if you had to, if you, if, AFLW aside, if you had to rank those cards in terms yeah. of prestige, then Jack Pretty Silvani good. would probably be at the back. I mean, he's still mm. a good. good player, but he would be at the back of, like, you'd probably put Jake Lever at the front maybe Levers, well I mean with the hologram I mean with the holographic <laughs> aspect to it yeah which just bumps him up that's like a brown I feel, I feel yeah, yeah, yeah so he's number one I think yeah and then like I think Jack's gonna be if Jack's your worst card that's a pretty good hand that you've got like you know like Jack Silvani's a good player is there actually a game that you play with the cards, or are they literally just collectible trading cards? They're called they're called trade. You, you use the word itself. They're called trading cards. Yeah, <laughs> you trade. So them. you trade them to put yeah, together but, like but a the, better. Not to get bring it back to Pokemon, Pokemon. cards, but I guess you, you, had, were gonna. you you <laughs> you had um they were Pokemon yeah. trading cards, but there was also like a game you could yeah. play. But maybe the, they're just they're, a little bit ahead of no. the AFL. Well, there's also a game associated with those cards. It's called yeah. AFL football. <laughs> It's, oh, yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's a really big game. <laughs> might have heard of it. There's actually, it's actually it's, a game happening right now. Look over your shoulder your, in the well, background. You yeah. haven't actually seen the game that's associated with these cards. Well, I enjoyed that. That's a big dopamine <laughs> rush on, on uh, <laughs> unwrapping those cards. Well, maybe we should um, – Maybe we yeah. should, Mike, I mean, do you want to hang on to those cards yeah, or can they be good. a prize? Can we like – That can, can be a award, prize. We can yeah. award a card. We'll just, so when we get to our letters section, good. we can award a card to the Great. best yeah. letter. And, and, and the and, best uh, letter of the year podcast. wins the, the Jake holog- Lever card. The hologram. Hello, oh, Jake yeah. Lever. And I'll throw in one of my random Pokemon card doubles. So right. You get the best of both worlds. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we also on the Mike Check segment like to test uh, yes. Mike's knowledge of a common AFL vernacular and lingo. So I've got a couple here. Well, I've got one actually that I do not recognise. So this can be a question for all okay, of us. Will, great. have you ever heard? This is from One Hundred and One Dal Dalminson. <laughs> what is referred to by "Who stole me smokes? You did." Oh, I've oh. no idea for that, me. Will? Who stole me smokes? You did. So I'm assuming this person is a Bulldog supporter because the email address, what did you say it was again? 101 Dal Minson. Yeah. So I would say that that's Luke Dalhouse and Will Minson combined. Ah, right. So. Ah, yeah. Yeah, right. So it feels to me. Who stole me smokes? You did. Like. It could be a good Western it, suburbs thing. It feels like something a, that might is be. It, is, it a, is it a cryptic clue to a player's name? Like, can you reverse engineer it? Who stole my smokes? My, my, my fags, my, my, my cigarettes. Was there a player called Theft Cigarettes? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's it. Gary Theft Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Smoko, um, who um, is it? Is it about did? a player? Is it something you would yell at a player who doesn't have much endurance? Like the idea that, it, oh, like right, that they run like they've been smoking. They're out of – like I don't know. I'm speculating wildly. Hey, 101 We can't give you a, uh, a footy card. Can you just uh, <laughs> reply and let us know what the hell that means because we're all uh, a bit staggered by that. Okay, here's an easier one. You should get this, especially if you've listened to Broden Kelly's podcast, The Footy. Uh, Mike, what is the pill or the agate? 
Mm. Same thing. And uh, I want to reiterate, Broden is a fantastic performer and um, have interacted with him. I'm probably going to reveal that I've not yet given his podcast a listen, though. Um, is the is the pill not like a haircut? Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, people sometimes. I think JB James Brayshaw might refer to both this other thing, which is, I guess, what our correspondent is going for, and also somebody's head as being a pill. So I, that is not incorrect, but it is not the correct answer. If that makes sense. Okay. It's not no, the answer I'm not we're looking sure. for here. What, yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you a clue. What on a football field is shaped like a mm. pill or could be perceived oh, the oval? shaped like a pill? Yes. It's an oval shape, <laughs> but, but small. Imagine if we called the whole oval the pill. <laughs> the, look at the pill today. It's in good nick, the, the pill. Players the running circle. out of the pill. The centre circle. What's more integral to the game based on the trading oh, the cards? Ball, the ball, <laughs> the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The literal is the ball football the pill? is called the pill. Get yeah. your hands why, on the pill. Why is it an agate? Agate then? Uh, an agate. A, I think it's a nut. I think it's oh, like okay. a nut. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, that's uh, cool. Just, just, just one more. Um, uh, Daniel wants to know, where is the fat side of the ground? Ooh. Is it wherever the losing team is going? <laughs> I don't know. Mike, that is fat shaming and no, I will no, not no. stand for not it. Not in that way. Oh just God. like, I don't know, just historically. <laughs> historically. I mean, the game's like, been yeah. around for a long time, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some horrible, horrible terms. You guys go stand in shame on the fat side of the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. who stole your smokes? You're out of puff. Go stand on the fat side of the ground. Stand on the fat side and just hold your agates. No, uh, I couldn't. No. Uh, is, it, is it where the winning supporters are sitting? Because the sound they make is really thick and heavy, like when they're supporting? No. I okay. believe uh, if you were, so for instance, I'll give you a scenario. You're a full back and you're kicking out and all the players are clustered into one area. You may look to the side of the ground where there isn't anyone. Maybe you've got someone running out there and you will kick to the fat side of the yeah. ground. The wide open right. space, basically. Right. The, the right. place where yeah. the, it, that isn't full of people. Essentially yeah. the, the country. Like you're in the yeah. city. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the country. You're going down the coast. You kick and into the fat side. And we get to a side. point where we'll have to stop referring it to yeah. the fat side of the ground. Will activists get us stop referring to the fat side of the ground? It'll be like the weight challenge side of the ground. I mean, it feels like we shouldn't be calling it the fat side of the ground because it's not really fat, is it? It is just the unattended. The like, I mean, there are other words that are better description. It feels weird that fat has been brought into this actually at all because it is incredibly inaccurate. And I'm just going to do a bit of a live uh, scoreboard update. Uh, Collingwood 45, Essendon 62, which means that at the moment, podcast Mike's prediction that it's going to be a three-goal victory to Essendon is only one point out at the moment. So that's amazing. Good. Mm. If we stop the podcast now, your 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 prediction that when we stop the podcast, that would be the score would be correct. Uh, well, we like to take a look at the week's commentary. Um, uh, we'll start off with uh, Anthony Hudson. Um, now, Anthony Hudson uh, brings up a phrase which apparently he thinks is commonplace, which I've never heard before. The other game today, of course, was one that Stuart Jew and the Suns just simply had to win, didn't they? And they're able to do that. I don't think it was a one for the uh, for the DVD to send overseas, as they say. But 
Who says? Who says that? <laughs> Who has ever said that's one for the DVD to send overseas? I mean, even one for the DVD is outdated terminology at this stage, but to send overseas? I mean, it feels like Hutto was getting some illegal DVDs from overseas at some stage is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, that's not one you're going to buy at the Pat Pong markets. Uh. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, BT, uh, we played, there was the, the, the deafening silence that followed uh, BT's horrible Robbie mm-hmm. Fox pun uh, yes. last week, outfoxing. Um, I think he's getting a bit scared. Um, uh, he tried uh, this pun on the weekend. It's all about South Australia last week, and it continues with the last two to stir. Oh. So I'm not going to play it, but there was a lot of silence after that. Oh. And then about how co- how 30 seconds. How could there not be? That is... <laughs> Oh, my God. That's the worst. Like, well, no, BT, no. Sturt? Well, it's not even that good in a South Australian <laughs> reference that people would understand. Sturt. Oh, my God. Well, about 30 seconds later, I think Hodgie spoke for all of us. You were happy with that call, weren't you, BT? Fremantle have pounced on them. <laughs> Didn't get a lot of feedback. <laughs> Immediate. No, here's, here's your feedback. That, like it would have taken them 30 seconds to work out what the joke was meant to be. Look it up and go, oh, you mean like the suburban football team Sturt from like <laughs> South Australia. Is that what you're saying? Uh, now it's time for our Brain Dwayne segment. Brain Dwayne. So, Will, I think that clearly Dwayno's got the message from up on top to stop talking about kids and how good they are. So over the course of the Giants and the Brisbane game, he tried a number of workarounds. Uh, the first one was an outdated pop culture reference. Three of the young guns combining for this shot. And the Department of Youth gets the opener for the Giants. No, I, I had to just double check. Department of Youth wasn't like a, a term to like young Nazis or something. Feel it like does feel like it is. Weird. It definitely feels <laughs> no. like if you don't know the reference, it definitely feels like it is. No, I, I double-checked. It's an Alice Cooper song, Department of Youth. I went through the lyrics. There's nothing that sort of relates to football or anything well, also, like that, he'd surprisingly. Already, he'd already referred to them as the young guns. So, like, surely, like, your reference would be that it went through, like, a blaze of glory or something. Like, oh, you know, you've already, like, why are you going with a second reference when you've already talked about young guns? It's the Malachi Crunch, right? Like, he, has, he, has, he wants to make a pop culture reference, so he chooses an album from 1978. <laughs> an Alice Cooper album from 1978. <laughs> so then he tried a different approach. So uh, this one, he subverts a well-known saying. Okay. Will Ashcroft steals it back. He's the baby that takes candy from you. <laughs> Which I like. That's right. He's the That's baby who takes candy from... Okay, Dwayne, you know what? You're back, baby. That is yeah. that is fucking gold. Well, don't speak too soon, because uh, he even goes the legal route. How good's the eighteen-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> like that's Le- what you say. How good's the absolutely one hundred percent eighteen-year-old? How good's the eighteen-year-old, Your Honor? That's normally the words <laughs> that follow that <laughs> that statement. <laughs> But just when you thought he'd done it, it was like, oh, well done, Dwayne. You want to comment on these kids and you've worked away. He lets out one of these. Great tackle, Callahan. The kid's good. Oh, he can't. He can't stop it. He's a serial he offender. Himself. He just can't. When he sees a good kid, he just has to say that the kid is good. 
He just has to comment. Did the baby that steals candy from you, did that make you think of The Simpsons? I just immediately see like Lisa Simpson taking that lollipop from Mr. Burns. The baby that steals candy from you. That's good though, by Duano. That's like, that's, yeah, that's classic Duano to me. That's where Duano's at his absolute best. Like, it's not just the reference, like subverting the form a little. He's put some thought into that. Like he's identified, I mean, I was about to say he's identified, you know, the youngest player on the team. But clearly, as we've learned <laughs> over the weeks, that is the first one he does. Kid, 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 kid. He's a good kid. <laughs> All right, let's delve into our mailbag before we wrap things up. Uh, this first one's from Michael, who's like, is there a reverse the curse blessing that you guys can give the Bombers oh, yeah. for the rest of the season? Well, looking at the scoreline now, the Bombers are almost 30 points up in the third quarter with Ooh. 12 seconds to go. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that whatever you're doing now, just, just maintain that. I mean, who would have thought the Bombers and the Saints this year would be bloody one only lose one game to this point in the season? I mean... It is a good. Have I just put the moss on them? It's a great. (laughs) Still a quarter to go. It is a great advertisement for old coaches, though. Like, I mean, you know, everyone's talking about Ross and what he's done with the Saints, but what Brad Scott has managed to do with the Bombers is also, I mean, Stringer just kicked one of the best goals that you will. Like, I mean, he kicked a great Jake Stringer in front of a huge crowd goal, but they. They're not even at their best today. They're missing players, the Bombers. They are impressive. I know. I just don't – I mean, I can't be happy for Brad Scott. Like, Mm. I think he brought in one of the dumbest rule changes last year, the bloody hands out his (laughs) 50 thing. You can't hold his administrative work against him as a coach. Yes, I can. (laughs) Like, he just got to see – he got to skate on that. It was the worst thing for the game that's ever happened in the last 20 years. And now he gets, like, this plum coaching job and he's probably going to coach his team to finals. Like, I just can't be happy for him. Happy for Bombers fans. Can't be happy for Brad Scott. (laughs) Uh, this is from April. Um, given uh, Rob and Ryan's success with Wrexham AFC, which Hollywood stars should put in a bid to the AFL and which teams would be best suited to them? I feel like we've had this discussion before and it's the Gold Coast. Yeah, like, but I think that like I was thinking about it this, this week with the Wrexham thing, which is it is a pity that this podcast isn't super successful because like if this podcast was like did Hamish and Andy numbers, it, it would be you and I. Because I think no one cares as passionately and has more ideas about how we could turn around the Gold Coast than you and I. I feel like we're the only two who have real skin in this game. (laughs) Like, you know, we've speculated with the fact that we live close by. Like, there's just something about the whole ethos of the... And as a person who's been on the record over the years as being... Like, look, you know, again, I'm willing to say it. I was probably a little hard on the whole Gold Coast, just judging it by, you know, surface paradise. Like, there are charms to the Gold Coast that, you know, I have been charmed by. But the Gold Coast Football Club, this is... Like, can you imagine if a Gold Coast hater like me became the guy who actually, you know, you two guys, one cup, we buy what, it. We're the Ryan we Reynolds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this podcast. And Rob McElhinney. And yeah. we, we buy the Gold Coast Suns. You and I. And that we would be amazing. It. I wonder if we could pitch that, like... Yeah. Pitch that as a show to the AFL. Like, obviously, they bankroll it, but we'll just be the faces of it. And, you know, we just do our wittier sides and all that kind of stuff. Keep Stewie Dew on. I mean, Wrexham's been so successful. What if we went to the AFL and we said, like, firstly, just to set the mood, dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> But, no, yeah, what if we went to them and said, we want to, like, make it our mission to make the Gold Coast, like, like we're going to make them watchable, right? Like, we're going to... 
you know, we're going to like, for entertainment value, like we're not going to get in the way of all these other things, but we are going to like take the brand on board. We are going to dedicate our lives to turning this like club around, like, you know, in the same way as Wrexham. How do you think we would go, you and I, doing the same thing? I mean, if uh, if the podcast is anything to go by, it's going to be a, a lean few years. <laughs> I mean, I think. I mean, it's I already going Coast, to be a lean few years. <laughs> yeah, the Gold Coast will continue to have a small but very dedicated fan base, but will never never reach the mainstream success they so desperately want. Kind of like us. What if though? But I think that's what we are. Like we're not Carlton. We're not Collingwood. Like this isn't like a plan that I would pitch that like, you know, it's ridiculous for the two of us to go and because I think what you've got to think about is who wants to take over the Gold Coast? And I feel like it's, I've got to be honest with you, I think it's a buyer's market. I feel like we're going to be the only ones making an offer. (laughs) If this is the direction, you know, I think that we're the only two who are actually invested in this. Yeah, I think, look, I, I, I think if we were just the faces of it and, you know, we just sort of, we film the TV show around it and you and I get to stick our heads in at training and some board meetings and just crack wires and shit. I mean, look, I haven't seen Rex and Mephant. Uh, What's some ideas though? No, we need to be able uh, to put in some like marketing and some, you know, like, I mean, I feel well, like- we I, need think, some- I think you've come up with the best one so far, which is that you somehow tie the candy mansion, um, Travis, Travis Benyon's uh, candy mansion to the football club. I, like I feel becomes- like we get the AFL to pay for the candy mansion as part of this. We say what we need is we need the candy mansion. So you and I move into the candy mansion. <laughs> candy mansion. <laughs> And then, like, and then I think you get like your, your Jared yep. Witts and your Took Millers and your Ben Kings and stuff riding jet skis out the front. They're like our entourage guys, you know what I mean? They're like our turtle and our E and, and whatever. And so, what if the show was just you and I just tricking the AFL into giving us buckets of money, which we burn on things like jet skis and candy mansion parties? I mean, I feel like that's stuff. what it will be. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm down. Like, if that's what the show is, then yeah, I definitely think we should make that happen. Hey, uh, Will, do you remember ages back, early in the show, we uh, came up with an alias for Tyrone Vickery? Do you remember what it was? Viron Tickery. Viron Chickery <laughs> has uh, written in to say, I just want to correct your Canberra-style bashing in last week's tips where we said they'd get like 2,000 people there. The Giants are actually far more popular yeah. in Canberra than they are in Sydney. It is true. And regularly draw 10,000 to Manuka or Manuka. Manuka. Um, it's Monica, okay. Uh, well, that's good. Good stuff. I hope they've all got a membership because the bloody giants are going to need it. They actually do, apparently. So, like, and this is, this it is one of those things where, like, there's a natural cap in Canberra about like how big the stadium is and how big the crowds can be. But the Giants, there is part of them that almost should be the Canberra Giants because I think that the people in Canberra, I know from having lived in Canberra, like your sporting teams. Yeah, you know, and this is why I think Tasmania will be successful is because the smaller the place, the more important the sporting team is. And I just think that GWS, it does need somewhere that loves them. Like, because the western suburbs of Sydney, it's too spread out. There is not one particular place or particular yeah. heartland. And I think Canberra maybe is it. And there's a lot of football, good footballers come from that region, you know, like Lenny Hayes and Jack Steele and... Uh, James Hurd. Josh Bruce all came from there as well. Yep. And Josh Bruce. <laughs> I don't mean to say it like and Josh Bruce. Uh, Dave wants to know, when are you going to bring back the pocket profile pocket? I need some Charlie Clawson clues. Look, 
we had an unofficial kind of production meeting where we're like, the show feels jam-packed as it is. We don't know that we have enough time because the, the pocket profile takes a good 20 to 30 minutes to do. We think it's going to be a floating segment that maybe when it's a quieter week or, you know, we have a guest on. I mean, there is the idea that maybe we bring a player on and we do like a live pocket profile, which I think could be fun. So it will come back in some form down the line, but um, I don't think it's going to be a regular segment, at least not for this season. Uh, the Burning Clock says, you guys have been talking about football a fair bit on the pod recently. Are you worried you're turning into a real foot, footy podcast? Maybe you need to investigate the color of the grass or whether the thick, th- thicker socks are better. <laughs> yeah, I think we do occasionally stray into football analysis, but it's sort of hard to avoid. <laughs> I mean, that is also taking pocket profile out. as <laughs> Given us 20 minutes where we can actually talk about football. <laughs> but I do agree. Like, I mean, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of haircut, like sock, you know, curiosity. And I think a lot of these things, so part of one of the ideas that we had, like, because we've started talking about it now, so we might as well talk about it, is that we might occasionally do a pocket profile separately. Like, there's a little just the bonus episode during the week, and we might just, yeah, record a bunch of them. But also, the, the joy might be to actually get a player on, ask them some pocket profile style questions, but have some two guys, one cup style questions that would be in there that are around those things that, you know, do you wash your own socks or like, you know, yeah, the things that we are most curious about or have traditionally been most curious about on this podcast. So if there are, I would love to know from our listeners as well, hit us up and let us know what what are those standard things. If we were putting together a two guys, one cup flavored pocket profile. So, you know, your traditional questions that we love to ask from the standard pocket profile, but what would be the two guys, one cup audience questions? Like what would be the things that we would ask a player if we got a player up? Yeah, so if you want to let us know, go to at uh, two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram or Twitter, put it in the comments and just tag it, hashtag questions i think would be good that way i can find it hashtag questions (laughs) for the pocket profile um uh, spooky ghost time (laughs) wants to know is charlie having a good time with the saints or are you stressed waiting to see if it falls apart i know i'm enjoying it it's everything is gravy this this year because we had no expectations i don't even think the most optimistic saints fan would have thought we would be five and one and playing in the in the manner that we are so i'm stressed on game day but I have a very philosophical attitude to this year, which is like, if we can like make finals, then that's a bonus. Like, but if we don't, then I'm like, okay, well, we, we sort of worked out what worked for at least part of the season. Uh, just a couple more from the Instagram before we go. Um, a lot of people caught the, uh, the Dwayne candy from a baby line. Jenk um, wants to know, was Dimmer stoned before the match on Monday in his pregame interview? I had a few people say that he was smirking, smirking and giggling a lot. I mean, there's a chance. Like, it is prescribed medication. Uh, you know, it's nothing uh, untoward. He can he can go to work as long as he's not driving there. He's fully, or operating heavy machinery. He's fully entitled to go to work stoned. Yes. I hope he is. <laughs> I hope occasionally he's just like – because imagine – like, because it must be an incredible thrill to, like, you know, see your team – like, to coach a team that's playing in front of nearly 100,000 people at the MCG. But imagine, like – getting a little buzz on beforehand as yeah. well. And like ex- I mean, imagine being at the G it. in the box, yeah. 70,000 people and you're high. Like it would yeah. feel amazing. Fact, it would be the I want best. to do that. <laughs> I do. I definitely want to. I just realised what we're going to be doing on our footy TV show. <laughs> it's just 
getting high. Here's you know, an idea. Stewie Stewie is trying to coach, and we're just giggling in the corner, pressing buttons. We, we, what does this do? We, we we start a medicinal cannabis dispensary in one of the wings of the Candy Mansion, and it turns out we've got Damien Hardwick staying in the spare room. <laughs> this is coming together. Uh, last one from Neagle. Did you catch Dane Swan on the front bar uh, naming Kane Corns as the easiest opponent to play against? Yes, I, I did see that. I don't know if there was any follow-up to that question, but it felt like a delightful little uh, thing that you know, you just know got under Kane's skin. I mean, of course it did. But, of course, that's also the reason that Dane said it, right? Yeah, And I, I wonder now, like, how healthy – are we caught in a – destructive relationship with cane corns like is cane corns going to be something that burns out quickly because it feels like you know that the kind of like that kingy cornsy thing like the fact that this hot take business that both kingy and cornsy are involved in this hot take arms race but like cane being the absolute sort of figurehead for this you know new contrarian thing is it going to is it going to burn out like is there like no, no. Someone will come along and be more contrarian than him. That happens. Yeah, really. Because well, Kingy was the contrarian, and then he got yeah. out caned. And like, yeah, there'll who be of another- the current day players do you think might be that person who comes out of the game? Well, just maybe not cr- current day, but have you yeah. ever seen what Stephen Baker's been posting on his social media? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. If they like, he believes we need, someone, <laughs> we need someone to out Kane Kane. <laughs> Give Stephen Baker a call. <laughs> All right, that is the show for this week. Uh, you can hear us every uh, every Tuesday on the Listen Up, except for this episode, which of course is coming out after Anzac Day. And we also release our tips on a Thursday afternoon. You can find them, the video of that, on Instagram at two guys one cup AFL on Instagram, or you can listen it th- listen to it through the listener podcast. Will have you got shows this week? Uh, not this week, but yes, I do have shows. Uh, Sydney Comedy Festival, Brisbane Comedy Festival, uh, Perth, Townsville, uh, and a whole bunch of other places. So comedy.com.au if you want to come and see my stand up show. And don't forget, if you like this podcast and you think you want to check out other podcasts by Will and I, you can go to tofop.com where we have a bunch, literally hundreds of episodes of other podcasts that we do together, which are almost exactly like this one, just with slightly less football talk. In fact, maybe even more football talk in some of them, I don't know. Uh, but that is it for this week. Oh, do we have to check in with the score? Do we want to last check to see uh, how uh, close Mike currently- was? 7-11-53 to 11-9-75. So base, with fif- 15 minutes to go, closest to the pin at this moment is podcast, Mike. I can't believe year it. Of football. Bigger year of footy. It's all, everything, yeah. You got anything to say, Mike? It's all coming up, Mike. Go Bombers. Go Bombers. Gee, I hope you lose now. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Play on, not 15. Go Essendon Bombers. Just we'll be searched. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.